This is a Federal News Network podcast. Welcome to Fed Life, a weekly roundup of news about federal pay and benefits, employment policy, and investing and retirement planning. Brought to you by WEPA. Here's your host, Tom Temin. Welcome to the show. The sound you just heard was voices at a union rally last week near the Capitol to support a bill to give federal employees an 8.7 percent raise next year. And we start with lawmakers and union officials. They're pushing to give federal employees a big pay raise in 2024, as we've been reporting. This is through the FAIR Act, which would give an 8.7% pay increase for almost every civilian federal employee. And to raise support for the legislation, the American Federation of Government Employees had a big rally in front of the Capitol. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman was there. She joins me now for more on that. And the FAIR Act rally, and AFGE has rallies from time to time. They get people out there. What was your sentiment? Did they seem angry or did they seem happy with what was going on or just, you know, I mean, they've got an administration that's more labor friendly, perhaps, than the prior administration. It seems like a very positive sentiment, Tom, at the rally. It was more about kind of coming together to voice support for this legislation rather than to have a more negative uh, concept of federal pay. So it was just a, yeah, just a really positive environment, a large turnout, lots of chanting, signs that supported the FAIR Act and telework and other recent legislative agenda items that the AFG has been in support of. And I guess we should review at this point what the FAIR Act specifically would do. That 8.7% is not base pay, is it? Right. So they frame it as an 8.7% average pay raise for federal employees, and that would be broken between a 4.7% base pay raise and a 4% locality pay. And Tom, the FAIR Act is something that has been introduced every year for about a decade now, and it's never been enacted. Usually we see a lower federal pay raise actually go through than what is included in the FAIR Act. But this year, again, Representative Jerry Connolly on the House side and Senator Brian Schatz on the Senate side introduced the legislation. And there is actually one Republican supporter of the bill in the House version. Right. And I guess maybe the thing that mitigates in favor of the bill more strongly than in the past is there has been considerable inflation in the past year, year and a half. And so that's why perhaps feds should get compensated, feeling goes, so that they would be at least stay even. I think some of the members said this isn't even a raise. It's just keeping people even. Exactly. There were several speakers at the rally who were saying, you know, it's not even really a raise. It's just trying to counteract the high levels of inflation that we've seen recently. So one of those people who was kind of explaining those sentiments was National Federation of Federal Employees, National President Randy Irwin. Don't be the least bit apprehensive about pushing for an 8.7% adjustment. It may seem big, but it's really not. All that it is is an inflationary adjustment. And it's the exact same cost of living adjustment that they got, that 70 million Americans got who are on Social Security. And let me tell you, that's all that it is, is a pay adjustment, okay? Talk about it that way because that's what it is. 
That was Randy Irwin, the president of National Federation of Federal Employees. And also at the rally, we had Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick, who is a Republican from Pennsylvania, and he's actually a co-sponsor on the FAIR Act in the House. And he was also there to voice his support for the bill. What y'all are asking for, which I will be on if I'm not on already, I believe I already am, 8.7% pay increase across the board, which, by the way, is not an increase. It's keeping track with inflation, so let's be real about that, okay? Nobody's asking for a pay raise. You're asking that the pay that you get paid be commensurate with the CPI, Consumer Price Index, and the cost of living. That shouldn't be a hard issue for anybody to get behind. And again, that's Congressman Brian Fitzpatrick, a Republican from Pennsylvania. And I suppose the rally didn't have anyone against the bill. So there were other things that came up at the rally besides the FAIR Act? Yes. So the FAIR Act was top of mind for a lot of the attendees and the speakers, but it wasn't the only piece of legislation that was discussed. There were also several speakers who criticized the Show Up Act. This is a Republican-led bill in the House that actually passed the House recently that would essentially return the federal workforce to pre-pandemic office work. So most federal employees would have to return to the office. Senator Tim Kaine from Virginia was there and and he spoke up against the Show Up Act. We learned, in my office we learned, we learned how to do telework and to do it effectively. We learned how to do telemedicine and how to do it effectively. We, we learned how to deliver more course content online and do it Effectively, we learn how to talk to our families around the country and around the world without getting on an airplane and see their faces when we did it. Why would we pretend like we had not learned anything since COVID started? No, we need to take what we've learned and allow federal agencies to set their own policies without Congress dictating to them what they should do. And that's Senator Tim Kaine. Also at the rally, Kane talked about his recently introduced bill called the Saving the Civil Service Act. This is something that would essentially prevent a future Schedule F type policy from coming up again. It's something that has been introduced for a couple of years in a row. And he's hoping that this year there will be a little bit more emphasis and hopefully it will get included in the NDAA, he said. Here's Kane again. Second thing we got to do is make sure, particularly on the Republican House side or for future administrations that nobody tries to use this Schedule F scam to destroy civil service. So I have a Save Civil Service Act with others that we're going to try to get passed as part of the defense bill this year so that we can avoid a a hollowing out of the civil service. The last thing we want to do is give presidents, frankly, presidents of either party, the ability to use patronage to sack people if they don't feel like they're loyal. You should be loyal to the citizens you serve, not to a particular occupant of any office. That's Senator Tim Kaine from Virginia. Well, Congress is on recess this week, so nothing is going to happen on that legislation right now. And this is the kind of thing I think that may not be a huge priority for leadership in either the House or the Senate. So it could be months there's a vote on these or we really can't tell yet but it's not high on the agenda right. fair to say yeah i uh, i actually spoke to kane at the rally for a few minutes and 
he told me that he's this is something that we won't see until probably September at the earliest. He says the best course of action for this bill would be through the NDAA, but he's hoping that it's going to get through. Well, I think the debt limit is going to be the big debate, which relates to the budget, which relates to federal pay. I mean, all these things somehow tie into one big difficult to untangle knot at the end of the day, and they've got to get resolution on the debt limit. And I think, what is the Treasury saying now? It's coming sooner. We're almost at March, and they're talking about June or July. So I think that's going to come before anything else for Congress. And they've got some nominations to look at in the Senate. So it's going to be a busy time before they get to these bills. Yep, a couple busy months coming up there. So yeah, there might be a little bit of a wait on that one. All right. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman, as always, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. And that brings us to a short commercial break. When we return, Drew and I will talk about paid leave, paid administrative leave, that is, and how some long-sought reforms to paid administrative leave were enacted into law six years ago. And yet, the rulemaking to implement them is still running on. You're listening to FedLife here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm Tom Tammen. Welcome back to FedLife here on Federal News Network. Back in 2016, Congress passed and President Obama signed into law the Administrative Leave Act. It was supposed to cap how long federal employees can stay on paid administrative leave. Backers at the time said that administrative paid leave was costing taxpayers too many millions of dollars a year. Now, more than six years later, agencies are still missing final regulations to make changes to federal leave policy. Earlier, I discussed this in detail with Drew Friedman. And Drew, do we have any movement yet on these regulations? Not yet, Tom. I think we're still waiting to see when OPM will actually issue these final regulations on the Administrative Leave Act. They did issue regulations for part of the legislation back in 2018. And at the time now, five years, almost five years ago, they said they would at a later date issue regulations for the other two parts of the bill. But so far, we have not seen that come to fruition. Let's go back to the law itself. What does it actually say? I mean, what does it require? So the Administrative Leave Act would essentially create three new categories of paid administrative leave. That's paid leave that federal employees can take without using up their individual paid time off. And this is law that was included in the fiscal 2017 National Defense Authorization Act. And the type of leave it's supposed to create are weather and safety leave, investigative leave, and notice leave. What it would do is basically cap the number of days that federal employees can spend on paid administrative leave. It would have an initial cap of 10 days, which then can be extended incrementally up to a 90-day maximum. And that's essentially trying to encourage agencies to tighten up the timeline for conducting personnel investigations for federal employees. Those at the time when lawmakers enacted this bill, they said those uh, investigations could often go on for six months up to a year and a half, sometimes even longer. So it's basically encouraging agencies to just reduce the amount of time that federal employees are spending on on that leave. Right. There were cases of people being on paid administrative leave even longer than two or three years. There were some really crazy outlier cases. And, you know, the agencies churn through this thing and sometimes they never get around. It's easier to leave them on paid administrative leave than to resolve the case, which could end up in court or something. And so OPM has not done nothing, though, right? They've done some regulation on this. Right. They have issued regulations for weather and safety leave. 
that's one part of the Administrative Leave Act, and it basically lets federal employees take paid leave in, if there's an emergency situation, like severe weather or something like that. But for the other two types of leave included in the Administrative Leave Act, investigative leave and notice leave, those we don't have final regulations for yet. Initially in the act, there was a nine-month deadline to issue all of these regulations. But of course, now we are six years later, so it's beyond that initial deadline. And again, the investigative and notice leave, those two types of leave are for federal employees waiting a decision on from an agency on adverse personnel action or who are under investigation. Yeah, so the rules for administrative leave are like on administrative leave. OPM has never been one to speed out regulations. I remember partial retirement or phased retirement. It took them about two or three years to come up with those rules. Why do they say it's taking so long? So, Part of the issue for OPM, according to a spokesperson, is that it would conflict with something called rest and recuperation leave. This is a different type of leave that federal personnel who are overseas can use to recover from different types of events that occur in combat zones. And OPM basically says that issuing the regulations for administrative leave would prevent those employees from being able to take rest and recuperation leave. This is something where there was an amendment back in 2019 to try to fix that issue, but that ultimately wasn't passed or enacted. So OPM says in the meantime, they've been trying to work through some of those issues with agencies who are impacted, but they didn't share a timeline on whether or when they're going to issue these final regulations. And also notably, it's not included in their regulatory agenda coming up. So it's just not listed in their plans for what they're going to issue regulations on coming up. And some of the advocacy groups that look out for federal employees have noticed this. You and I are not the only ones. And there's been some pushback here. I Yeah, there have been some very uh, vocal advocates of this bill who have expressed frustration and disappointment with OPM for not issuing the final regulations. They've said that the bill was, you know, really a bipartisan good government bill that, and something that because of the lack of final regulations, some agencies, at least anecdotally, are still misusing administrative leave. That's not every agency, but there are a handful that are still having issues or people staying on administrative leave for too long. The Senior Executives Association is one organization that partnered closely with the lawmakers of the original legislation. SEA Director of Policy and Outreach, Jason Briefel, explained why it's an issue. I'm aware of several anecdotal examples where senior executives have been put out on what would or should have been this kind of leave as the statute envisions. But because there were no OPM regulations on it, agencies just did whatever they have done in the past. There's no way to restore the trust of the American people and the federal government if we cannot do the basics for managing the workforce. And OPM is not providing agencies with the guidance and the clarity necessary. And are you seeing smoke signals, Drew, that OPM is going to come out with these? I mean, it looks like they're maybe thinking about it. They didn't give me a timeline or a reason why it wasn't included in their regulatory agenda. They said they're trying to work through some of the issues with agencies, as I said, who are impacted by rest and recuperation leave. But at this point, they didn't share a timeline for when some of this might actually change. And by the way, has anyone tallied up how much is spent 
each year on employee salaries for those on administrative leave? That is hard to say, Tom. There is some data, but it is a bit outdated from what is publicly available. There's a 2014 GAO report that says that at the time, there were 263 federal employees who had spent between one and three years on paid administrative leave, and that was costing the government $31 million a year in salary costs. That data now is about 10 years old. And that's actually that report is part of the reason that the Administrative Leave Act was passed. But there's no more recent data than that report. Well, the number hasn't gone down. We can probably be sure of that. So what I'm hearing is the best strategy for federal employees to go on administrative leave is do it the last three years before retirement. I guess guess that could be one way to look at it. Yikes. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman, thanks so much. Thank you. And check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com. That's it for today's FedLife. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, be sure to let us know what topics are important to you. I'm Tom Temin. Thanks for listening to FedLife here on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. You can listen to this episode and any past episodes anytime at federalnewsnetwork.com or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Search FedLife.